we have a crisis in the world, tremendous crisis, and also crisis in our consciousness, in us. I see the urgency of change, radical revolution, mutation in the mind. I see it. It is necessary. There is complete quietness of the mind, and that which is silent has vast space. Only then that which is nameless comes into being. This is Urgency of Change, the Krishnamurti podcast. Where there is attachment to a problem, an ideal, a person, a dogma, a ritual, an organisation, there must be corruption. Hello and welcome to episode 143 of Urgency of Change. Season 3 of the Krishnamurti podcast continues with the format of carefully chosen extracts from the philosopher's talks. Each weekly episode focuses on a theme explored by Krishnamurti, and the aim is to represent his different approaches to these universal topics. This week's theme is attachment. Upcoming themes are the immeasurable, achievement, and simplicity. This is a podcast from Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. Please visit our official YouTube channels for hundreds of advert-free full-length video and audio recordings of Krishnamurti's talks and selected clips. You can also find our daily quotes and videos on Instagram and Facebook at Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, which helps our visibility. This week's episode on attachment has five sections – This first extract is from Krishnamurti's sixth talk in Sanan, 1972, titled Why Are We Attached? I don't know if you have not observed this process that's going on all the time in our life. Trying to find in relationship security, certainty, and not finding it in them, then comes to a conclusion and it becomes attached to that conclusion. And when that conclusion is questioned, disturbed, then it runs away from it to another series of conclusions. And gradually the mind begins to attach itself to things. Right? To things, that is, property, houses, furniture. So there is attachment to property, to people, or to ideas. And 
as we grow older. There is this question of death. And I think we shall understand the deep meaning of that word if we could go into this question of attachment. Why the human mind, our mind, your mind, is attached to property, to people, to ideas, ideas being conclusions, opinions, traditions, a formula, which are all put together by thought either in the form of an image, symbol, which is the word, or a nebulous visionary illusion. Why is the mind attached to all these things? If you are not attached to an illusion or to a person, then you are attached to property. property, whether it is a house, a piece of land, or accumulate furniture, you know, all that kind of stuff. Why? What makes the mind, the thought, cling to something like property, money? When we use the word property, it includes all that. Why? Because, as we said the other day, mere inquiry into the causation doesn't free the mind from the cause. Intellectually, you can break down by an analysis why the mind is attached to property. But at the end of it there is still attachment. That attachment comes to an end if we have an insight into the whole structure of attachment. As we saw, as we discussed, talked over together the other day, the question of insight. To have an insight into something, to see the truth of something, brings its own freedom, brings its own intelligence. Now, why does the mind attach itself to property? We'll investigate why it is attached to people and to, uh, and to conclusions, ideas, symbols, visions, all the rest of it. Why? You understand, property is not only things, but also the attachment to one's own body, which is also a thing. 
You see, we get attached to a property and then safeguard it, and when we realize that it's not worth it, then we try to attach, we try to cultivate detachment. Attachment, then detachment, and the conflict. Please, as we have said, the, as we have been saying during all these talks, we are sharing this thing together. You are not merely listening to a series of words, ideas, conclusions or not, but we are sharing the thing that which we are talking about. Sharing implies listening and enjoying the thing that we are examining. Because when you enjoy something, you learn much quicker. I do not know if you have not noticed it. But if you make a problem of it, you won't learn. Uh, to me it is very enjoyable, if I may use that word, to find out why my mind is attached to property. I want to learn about it. And I, therefore I'm not going to make a problem of it. If I make a problem of it, then I want to go beyond it. Then the mind creates the idea of detachment. Then in that there is conflict between attachment and detachment, and a mind that is in conflict can never learn. It can learn the results of that conflict, but not the root cause of attachment. The second extract is from the fifth question and answer meeting in Sanan, 1980, titled The Consequences of Attachment. I'm attached to you. The word attach means to cling, to hold, ataka, attache, akalka, the feeling that you belong to somebody and that somebody belongs to you. To hold, to cling, to adhere like a plaster. Sorry. All that's implied in that word. And the questioner says, Cultivating detachment breeds lack of affection, a coldness, a break in relationship, the cultivation of the opposite. 
naturally it will. You understand? If I am attached to you, the audience, and I feel this attachment is dangerous, because I know I'll be unhappy if I don't meet all of you and talk to all of you, which is my fulfilment, which is called attachment, then seeing the danger of that, depression when I don't meet a large audience, for me two people and, you know, I go, go through all that ugly business. And seeing all that, I say, I must cultivate detachment. So I must break from you, I must break my relationship, if I have a wife or a husband, or a girl or a boy or whatever it is. So I gradually withdraw. And in this process of isolation, I hurt others. Right? I hurt my wife or my father. I hurt lots of people and so on. Now, is there, please listen, is there an opposite to attachment? If detachment is the opposite of attachment, that detachment is an idea, is a concept, is a conclusion that thought has brought about, realizing that attachment produces a lot of trouble, a lot of conflict, jealousy, anxiety, and so on and so on. So thought says, by Joe, much better be detached. Detachment is a non-fact, right? Whereas attachment is a fact. I don't know if you're following all this. Please don't go to sleep. Another ten minutes or quarter of an hour, keep awake, and then you can go to sleep. Or meditate afterwards. Look, the speaker has done this, not attached to a thing. The house, the audience, the books, the speaking, the people. You have been like that from childhood. So he's a freak. biological freak, so leave him alone. But we can see clearly that the fact and that which is not, right? That which, when attachment is there, to cultivate detachment is a movement towards illusion. And in that illusion, you become cold, because that's illusion, it is a reality. You become cold, hard, bitter, 
isolated, without any sense of affection. That's what we're all doing. We're all living in non-fact. So, can you face the fact that you are attached? It's not only to a person, to an idea, to a belief, to your own experiences, which is much more dangerous. Your own experience gives you such sense of, you know, excitement, sense of mm, being alive. So, are you, are we aware that we are attached to something or other? And you may be attached to a furniture, a piece of furniture. It's old, polished, well-kept, 15th century, and is immensely valuable, and you are attached to it. See what happens. When you are attached to a piece of furniture, you are that furniture. Yes, sir. Go into it. So, if one is aware that one is attached and see all the consequences of that attachment, anxiety, lack of freedom, jealousy, anger, hatred, follow this whole consequences of human attachment to something or other. In that attachment to something, there is safety, there is a sense of stability, a sense of being guarded, protected. And where there is being possessed and possess, possessor and the possessed, there must be jealousy, anxiety, fear, all the rest. Now, do you see the consequences of all that? Not the description of it, but the actuality of it. If I am attached to you, and that attachment takes place out of my loneliness, and that attachment and that loneliness says, I love you, do you understand? I feel a communication, because you are also in the same position. Right? Two people clinging to each other out of their loneliness, out of their depression, out of their unhappiness, out of their, you know, all the rest of it. So, what happens? I am clinging not to you, 
but to the idea, you follow? You understand what I'm saying? So I'm clinging to something which will help me to escape from myself. Right? Right, sirs? Don't agree with me, just observe it. You are attached to your experience. An incident which has given you great excitement, a great sense of elation, a sense of power, a sense of safety. You cling to that. That experience, please listen to it if you are interested. That experience which you have had, what is it? Either you have projected it, right? You want some kind of experience and you will get it because that's what you want. And then that experience is registered in the mind and hold it. That is, something that is dead you are holding on to. Right? So what you are holding and so that which you are holding which is dead, you are also becoming dead. I wonder if you see all this. So if you see all this without any direction, without any motive, observe it. Then you will see, if you observe, that insight shows the whole thing as a map. When once there is the insight, the thing disappears completely. You are not attached, you have been attached to this and let go and you are attached to something else. Attachment is the ending of attachment. The third extract is from Krishnamurti's second talk in Sanan, 1974, titled Attachment is more important than detachment. It's far more important to understand attachment than the search or taking vows of seeing the corruption of property, possession, And power. If, you, may I go on with that little? I said, we said, the understanding of the nature and the structure and the action that comes from that understanding of detachment, of attachment. Most of us are attached to possessions. 
whether it is the possession of a table, antique table which you polish very carefully and look after it, or a house, or a person, or an idea attached to a particular form of experience, attached to a a group and so on, so on, so on. Why is the mind attached? Aren't you attached to lots of things? I'm afraid we are. Our looks, our hair, our body, by God, so so many things we are attached to. Why? Unknowing, possession, possessions in any form is one of the major corrupting factors in life. Right? And therefore we say, don't possess. Have few clothes necessary. Don't, uh, you know, don't possess. Take a vow of non-possession. And in that, there is a lot of bother, travail. I want that, and I don't want it. I mustn't. I must give it up. I've taken a vow. You know. So, possessions corrupt. And we say we must be detached from possessions and all the conflict involved in that. For the speaker, attachment is much more important than detachment. Because if if one can find out why the mind is attached, it doesn't matter to what. My sitting here, I've done it for fifty years on a platform, <laughs> talking, and I'm attached to that. If I'm attached, I hope I'm not. If I'm attached, and why is it attached? You see the difference. Not how to be detached, by why it is detached. Why are you attached to your house? to your wife, to your girl, to your ideas, to your meditation, to your systems. Why? What would happen if you are not attached? Attachment gives a certain occupation to the mind, right? You constantly think about it. And this constant occupation is one of the factors which the mind, which the brain and the mind says, yes, I must be occupied with something. Please follow all this. With my God, with my sex, with my drink, with my uh, God knows what. I must be occupied with the kitchen or with the king or with some social order or communion, whatever it is. And out of the, this demand for occupation, you take there is attachment to hold on to something. Now, why is the mind occupied? Why must it be occupied? 
And what would happen if it is not occupied? Would it go astray? Would it disintegrate? Would it feel utterly naked, empty, and therefore the fear of that emptiness, therefore occupation? And therefore the importance of the furniture, the, the book, the idea, the, all the rest of it. So, so out of this empty feeling and loneliness of not being totally whole, mind is attached. You follow? And can the mind live? be vital, energetic, full of depth, without attachment. Of course it can. So one asks, is love attachment? Not love is detachment, and love, then if it is attached and detached, then love is painful which we all know that we go through that ugly state or whatever it is. And power is another form of corruption, political power, religious power, power in the business world, power in carrying out a certain talent that one has, the pleasure of power. Don't you all know it? When you dominate somebody, your cook or your servant or your wife or your husband or some dominate, there's tremendous pleasure in it. That's another factor of corruption, which means energy, which is so necessary to bring about a transformation in the content of consciousness, is dissipated in all these ways. Right? Can you see all this as fact, as a dangerous fact? Not relative danger, but total danger for human beings. Now, if you see that, as real danger, as you would see the danger of a falling rock, you move away from it instantly and you are free of it. You understand? So, to observe this you need a certain sensitivity, both physical as well as psychological. And you cannot have this sensitivity if you are indulging in all kinds of things. Drink, sex, overwalking, you follow? You know the whole business. So if you are at all serious, if you give your attention, your care, your affection to this, then you will see 
for yourself, that out of this freedom of the division which thoughts has created, there is another kind of energy which is intelligence. You understand how intelligence says it is not put together by thought. It is not the cunning intelligence of a politician or a priest or a businessman. It comes out of the freedom which is perceiving the false, the falseness, the unreality of all this. Can your mind see it totally? And it cannot see it totally if you have any direction at all. Right? You are following all this? So an intelligent mind acts in the field of thought intelligently. You understand? One's mind has seen this and therefore sanely, without resistance, is free from that, from all the from the implications of attachment, the structure of attachment, the action of attachment, the the pursuit of power with all its complications, the ruthlessness of it, and also seeing the devising process, dividing process of thought, seeing all that clearly, totally, out of that you have energy, and that energy is intelligence. The fourth extract is from the third talk in Sanan 1980 titled Observing Attachment. You know, most of us are attached to a person, right? To our husband, to our children, to our something or other, to our priest, to a guru, to a system of meditation or whatever it is. Can you observe your attachment? Please, this is not group therapy. This is not a confessional. All that nonsense, it's too silly, all this. But we are saying, asking each other, can you observe your attachment? Of course you can. You become conscious of it. Then, you, if you observe it carefully, the immediate reaction is, why not? What's wrong with attachment? The consequences of attachment are fear and therefore hate, 
jealousy and therefore lack of love. These are the consequences, aren't they? No? You are very silent. Probably you are sitting next to your wife or husband. But if you observe it very carefully, without distorting what you actually see, that observation is the act of intelligence. I wonder if you get this. Right, sir? May I go on? Because we are coming to a point when we are going to, there is an action which is correct under all circumstances. And that is to observe the fact of what is actually happening without any distortion. Right? I'll show you something. That is, when we observe, is the fact that which is happening as attachment and the consequences of that attachment, when you observe, is the observer different from the thing he observes? You've understood my question? When you become, when you are angry at the moment of anger, there is no division division between the observer and the observed. Right? Right, sir? Right? Only a second later comes the division. Right? I have been angry. You recognize the feeling of anger because you have had it before. So the division takes place the moment when the observer separates, him, separates himself from the observed. I wonder if you see this. Hmm? Right? No, no, please, this is serious if you want to go into it, because if you can see this, you will eliminate conflict altogether. Because conflict exists between the observer and the observed. Right? Am I using the words which you are not accustomed to? And therefore you find it rather puzzling. Now we just made. I am attached to a person. If I am. I'm attached to a person. Is 
is the attachment please l- listen is the attachment different from me or i am attached attachment i am supplying you with energy you see you really don't want to face this therefore you find lots of excuses because where there is attachment to a problem to an idea to an ideal to a person to a dogma to a ritual to an organization to a certain institutions there must be corruption right and if i'm attached to my wife there is absolute certainty of corruption because corruption means fear fear brings hate conflict jealousy antagonism which are all the expression of corruption not the act of love so do we see this non non analytically but factually now when you say i see it is the seer different from that which he has seen are you following this huh that is so uh, where there is division there must be conflict that is law there's a law there's conflict between the arab and the jew between the communist and the socialist capitalist and so on so on so on the hindu the muslim christian follow where there is division there must be conflict conflict is corruption and we have lived with this norm with this pattern that the observer the thinker is different from the thought so the thinker is always trying to dominate thought you're following right so but the thinker is thought so when we observe attachment in of towards somebody or something a piece of furniture is the person who is be who is attached different from himself the attachment you you understand what i'm saying obviously not therefore when there is no division and therefore no conflict the 
whole process of attachment comes to an end. Please test it. Don't accept a thing on anybody says, including myself. Test it. That is, see actually what you are attached to, tied to, to your name, to your family, to your brother, sister, father, wife, girl, boy, whatever it is, to the bishop or to the pope or to some other person. If you are, just observe it. But if you like to be attached, if you like all the consequences of the attachment, you are perfectly welcome. Nobody is going to stop you. But if you want to find out how to, whether there is an action which is incorruptible, which is correct under all circumstances, then you have to be free from all values, from all attachment. Because when you observe attachment, it is, it is intelligence that is seeing the whole process of it. Not analysis. So, where there is intelligence, there is correct action. Intelligence is not knowledge, is not accumulated information. Where there is insight into the attachment, that insight is intelligence, and from that intelligence there is correct action. Right, sir? Don't look at me, not worth it. But look at yourself and find out. Because man has lived with corruption for a million years. And all his actions must be corrupt. Must bring chaos, conflict. And his actions are based on ideals, on concepts, on values, which are all the product of thought. <coughs> there is no divine absolute value. Even though the priests may say that. When they do say it, it is their the activity of their own thinking. So, there is an action 
is completely whole, completely incorruptible, in daily life, not somewhere in heaven. That is, can I, can a human being live in this world with that intelligence? That intelligence is born out of insight, for an example, into attachment. Insight. Insight means having full comprehension of the whole process of attachment, immediately. You understand what I'm saying? You all must have an insight into something or other occasionally, where that insight is not memory, is not the process of value or a conclusion, it is a more a, a, a second of complete comprehension of that which you see totally. And that is the essence of intelligence. And that intelligence is not yours or mine, and therefore it's always acting correctly. Will you try it? Do it. Do it as we are sitting here, not when you go home. As you are sitting here, observe yourself, observe your action with regard to your wife, to your husband, to your neighbour, to your politics, to your religion, whatever it is. And can you have, without analysis, a, a perception, a seeing the whole consequences and the cause of this attachment instantly, immediately. Because that implies the freedom from time. The final extract in this episode is from Krishnamurti's sixth talk in Sanan, 1978, titled The Ending of Attachment. From that, we ought also to talk over together the common factor of all mankind, which touches every human being, young and old, which is the ending of life, which is called death. Right? We should go into that. It's really a very complex question. Like all human problems, it's very complex.
and man, every human being or woman in the world, has tried to find a way out of it. Try to immortalize himself or her through some action, through some book, through some way of life. So that this idea of ending has become a terror, has become something which man must avoid at all costs, postpone it as long as possible. And there have been a thousand explanations, rational, irrational, based on belief, conclusion and hope. Because man doesn't want to end, because he says, I have gathered so much experience, I have cultivated my house and my garden so carefully, inwardly and outwardly. I have accumulated so much knowledge. I have lived so clearly. And why should I, who have gathered so much, end all this? What for? And if, if that's all, then I might just as well live very superficially, enjoy myself, do whatever I want, and call the whole business a jolly good life. You understand the two extremes? They are one who doesn't care, the one who has had many experiences of every kind, sensuous otherwise, and he says, at the end, all right, dust to dust. The other says, why should I die? You follow all this? I have loved, I have known beauty, I have swam against the current, I have followed nobody, and I have lived, tried to live non as a human being who is not second hand. And unfortunately, most of us are second hand. So we must find out for ourselves what it means to end. Not the ending of death, you understand? That's one of the things. But what does it mean to end? 
the ending of my anxiety, ending, not what happens after I end, we'll find out, ending my desire, my longing, my frustrations, ending my hurts, ending the desire to fulfil, ending it. Right? You understand what I'm… the ending of something, psychologically and even physiologically, the ending of your attachment to another, the ending of your belief, the ending of not belonging to any institution, the ending of it. What happens? You follow what I'm saying? If we understand one thing, then we can move to the ending which we call life, which is death. The ending of attachment. Because most of us are attached to something or other, right? To our bodies, to our looks, to our husband, to our girl, to our belief, to our God, something or other. Attachment. Now, can you end attachment? Not say, I'll get something out of it, just cut it. surgically, rationally, seeing all the, the cause of attachment, what is implied, which we went into, I won't go into all that, and to end it completely. Have you ever done anything, ending something completely? Especially Attachment, if you do it now, as we are talking, become aware of your attachment, end it. And see, observe, then what takes place? You cannot observe very clearly if you don't end something. What happens? Right? Say, for instance, you're attached to nicotine, smoking. I'm taking that very ordinary, rather stupid example. What happens? Without fear. You end it because it's irrational. Why waste money and all the rest of it? If you end it because it affects your heart, your lungs, your, then you are not ending it. You are ending it out of fear. But being aware of all the 
results and so on, cause and smoking, say, drop it completely today, now. Then what has taken place? Isn't there not only freedom from smoking, but isn't there a new sense of freedom, a new beginning? You following this? If you end your attachment to the country, to you know, attachment to a piece of furniture, if you end it completely, then there is a new beginning, isn't there? No? There is no new beginning if you do it out of fear, if you do it out of rationalised, careful analysis. But if you see the whole nature of attachment, how it what is involved in it completely and end it. Then you will see there is totally new beginning. Because the ending is the past. And when you are ending the past, then there is not only a new observation, but a sense of extraordinary freedom and movement not born of the past. I want to forget all this. Do it, and you will discover this for yourself. And death. We're all going to die one day or another. That's you know. If every one of us lived forever and ever and ever, Amen. Think of what the earth would be like. Filled with ghastly, old, increpid, you follow? So I'm asking myself, and you're asking yourself, why shouldn't I die? Not commit suicide, that's too silly. Why shouldn't I die? What am I, huh? What's wrong with death? Why, why is there this colossal fear about it? I know very well what it means to end smoking. Right? I took that silly example. I know what I'm aware, not I'm aware, there's an awareness of ending attachment to guru, to ideas, to a pattern. Ending. What, what happens when I end? There's such great sense of freedom and beauty in it. 
So why shouldn't I? Why shouldn't there be an ending? Ending to what? You understand my question? I know I can end smoking. Ending attachment. But ending which is there, can I what is this ending? You're following this? Does it interest you all this? So I inquire into what is living. You understand? You're following? Not what is ending, what is living. It's odd that you all should be living, listening to this man, isn't it? So I mean, we are asking, what is living? Can there be an ending to this thing called living? Right? Then I'm asking, what is this living? The living, daily, monotonous routine with all the problems. That's my life, your life. Not mine, sorry. It's your life. Not that I'm separate, I don't enter into it. What is this ending? Ending to what? Ending to my attachment to a husband, wife, girl, boy, ending knowledge, ending experience, ending all the sensations, ending Sex. Right? Ending this constant battle in oneself and with others. Right? This thing is what we call living. Right? It's not my idea, this is what you're doing. Now, can I end or can, is there an ending to all that? You, you, ending to your sorrow, ending to your ambition, your pride, your vanity, your arrogance, violence, 
Can you end all that? Of course you can. As you have ended smoking, as you have ended attachment, you can end your ambition, your vanity, your hurts, your you know, the whole thing. I don't have to go into it. You can end it. Right? If you have ended it, actually, not theoretically, in daily life, then what is death? Death is then the ending of sensation. Ending of the brain cells. You understand? Ending. Like a, like a leaf in the autumn. That leaf in the autumn has beautiful colour, it's full of colour. There's in that leaf the whole universe is. Not theoretical, but actually. So, if we end the way we are living, right, then there is a totally different beginning. Not I begin in totally differently. You understand? Because when you left attachment completely, there was no I beginning. There was a state of total freedom from a particular thing. And in that freedom there was a great sense of release, great sense of freedom, a new, totally new beginning without the anchors of, of attachment. So can you end what you call the living, the worries, the problems, ending the problem, never to carry it a single minute over? Because if you have a problem and you carry it over, over and over and over, day after day for another year, that deteriorates the brain. So we're asking, if you end the way one lives now, there is a new beginning without the me. And then Death has no meaning. Then you don't ask what happens after my life. Right? Because you have ended the thing that you call living, 
which is me, with all my problems, my anxieties, my worries, my problems. Will you do it? Oh, say it's a marvelous idea. And carry on our daily, monotonous, useless life. When you understand the full meaning of death, and the ending of that it signifies, time as such has come to an end. I'm just talking to myself, unless you do it. Time in the sense of non-movement of thought. And this whole inquiry is really a profound meditation, not sitting cross-legged and doing all kinds of silly stuff, because then in the total ending creation takes place, then there is really an extraordinary sense of tremendous passion and energy, which is not a reward. Bene, finito. Basta.